Welcome to Let's Talk Shop. This podcast is for product businesses where I speak to both retail buyers and brand owners what about what it's really like to start and grow a retail business. I'm Therese and my mission is to help you build and scale a profitable product business through wholesale. And today I'm going to be joined by Freya and Jake from Studio Bold. Freya and Jake met while studying. Hi! A degree in 3D design and they now have three kids and a busy lead city center studio where they compile or make all their products. All the paper products are printed and finished in England mainly in their home county of Yorkshire, either with 100% recycled or FSE paper, and all their products are made with attention to care and detail and patterns and processes. And Jake and Frey has been on the podcast before, so I'm really excited to have them back. It's been a few years. And to hear about how their business has grown. And I know for a fact that quite a few of you guys wanted to hear from them and when I speak to newer product-based kind of paper-based businesses quite often they are one of the brands that they look up to so this is going to be really exciting well, thanks for me. hello yeah. yeah it's nice to hear that people know of us we never really think of it like that do we we just go about what we do <laughs> and we always used I suppose it makes sense. We always started out and there was brands that we were like, oh, look, that's what we'd like to be. And we're quite a yeah. few years down the line, but it makes sense that there are people starting now and thinking the same thing as we did. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I guess you're probably stocked in a lot of the independents that they want to be stocked in. So they see you everywhere. So that's really exciting. But if they don't, for those of those who are listening, who maybe don't know about your business, when did you start? When was it, you think? As a, this incarnation of it would have been like 2017, I would say. We sort of dabbled in wholesale in the years before that, didn't we, under a whole other name. I think we probably covered that in the yeah. other podcast. I think so, yeah. As what you see now with the collection of products and direction that it's all gone, it was 2017, so that's five years, yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. And how many stockists do you have now, do you think? We've got a lot. I'd... <laughs> that shows how much pain I <laughs> Well, we, we've, we've been stocked in as many as a 1,000. things. She's uh, in, involved in packing the boxes and sending them out. We've got a nice stockist uh, list on our website. And on there, there's probably about 400 in the US and the same again in the UK. But that doesn't take into account all the um, stockists that we have online as well. So, yeah, obviously, they're not live stockists, but we have worked with over a thousand now. So it must amazing. be quite a few hundred that probably buy regularly too then. Yeah, you're probably thinking of all the ones that you recognise the name of regularly. How has the business grown? Like, what do you think has contributed to like you growing it? Because I think when we spoke last, you were probably at like a hundred something like that, right? So how what have you done to like allow that it's enabled the business to grow like this? I think part of it's joining Fair, uh, the online sort of trade show website that's mm. opened us up to america 
Africa, which is obviously a huge market. Yeah. I think, mate, had we, had we joined that when we last spoke on this or maybe we were just in the process of doing it? I feel like you were on a bound because that was like the oh, first yeah. one you went on maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, I'd say, yeah, definitely fairs transformed things in the last couple of years. They've definitely won, risen to the top of the wholesale marketplace and taken out all the competitors and they're the ones that all the orders come through aren't they yeah so even the stockists that we had before will go through fair now yeah a lot of our stockists so it's quite a good platform to have as this is a wholesale website really and do you find that the uk buyers also buy on there do you find yeah yeah a lot of our stockists we had before that we used to deal with directly have slowly moved over onto it and thankfully a lot of those stockists we were able to like link them to it and so that we don't end up charging the commission they are good with that if you have a show and proof of if you have been charged commission on an order you say we worked with this person before and they just take that commission off and then it's never added again and so in that respect it does work like a wholesale website and as we went on to fair we were talking a lot about needing to build a wholesale website and i think i even spoke to you about that as a thing we should do mm. but we haven't yeah once fair came in it kind of took that place we still have our pdf catalog that we update and we send in emails which I think is an important thing, but as a place to buy online, fair's been good. I think it's nice to have a PDF catalogue as well, right? Because if someone contacts you and they don't want to register on fair quite yet or they don't have a fair account, there's and also more place touch points, I suppose. Lots of retailers who try and who don't like to use fair, bigger retailers can't use fair. There's a you know, lots of galleries and things. They don't have they they might be the buyer for the gallery. They don't have access to a credit card that you'll need to, you know, be inputting to buy the order through mm-hmm. Fair. So they need to create purchase orders. So they're not yeah. using Fair. So you need those other things like the PDF catalog in place so you can present the products to those people. And in terms of like to be able to scale and deal with more uh, wholesale people, I'm guessing I feel like maybe you had hired someone part-time yeah. when we last spoke, but what's the team looking like now? There's, there's four. Uh, one of them's four. full-time, three part-timers, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, Shirley, who was with us when we maybe spoke to her, had recently came on board. She moved back to Ireland, so we thought we'd lost her for a while, and she was amazing. She actually has stayed involved, and even though she's living over there, she still helps us. She does all, like, emails, invoices, updates, things like the stockist map that I uh, mentioned here. She's really good at those side, that side of things. So. Yeah, and that's do, having somebody to do that kind of thing saves us hours and hours and frees up us up to grow the business. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because we used to get bogged down in all that stuff. You know, like just updating the catalogue, fair, the website. Yeah, all these- it's a lot. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's a lot, yeah. yeah <laughs> but so- it's also the sort of thing no one needs to be in the studio to do. Like They could do yeah. it remotely. So that's brilliant that she's still there. Yeah, it's great. We sp- I speak to her, you know, once a month. We have a chat on the phone to catch up. And then, yeah, she's just always tinkering away keeping things like that tidy and organized and keeping on top of emails and things all the orders that come that don't come through fair you know she'll help create the invoices on zero for and yeah he's a big asset but the team in the you know who are here daily are great and they it's you know what we used to do all the time and we still do it but me me less so eh? just making the products compiling them back in boxes yeah yeah and now been... what, how do you divide up things now like do you focus more on product now what do you how do you divide things up between the two of us yeah uh i tend to 
do a sort of workshop base. So I've helped with that, the making and the sending out of orders and sort of deciding what's going to happen when and what's the priorities. And then you yeah. deal a lot more with the um, production. Production, so yeah, it takes up a huge amount of time. You're often on the phone to the yeah. printers talking about paper samples. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing how much of my life is spent doing that. So I, I enjoy it, making sure that everything's coming in and what we're making is the quality it should be. You know, we don't have a, a humongous range of products, but it's amazing just how many little elements that you sort of build up and that you need. And then every week it's always like, oh, look, we're running out. Of, we don't have like a, maybe we should scale an inventory that's all digitalized. But we've tried to look at that in the past. And it's really hard when you have like a product like the flower press that's got a few different things within it. And then you've got, yeah. say, with the packaging, you'll have the, the packaging board and then you'll have a sticker that goes for the photo on the back and then you'll have a little, another gold sticker. To have all that in some sort of digital spreadsheet just didn't work. So it's a much more our inventory a lot of the time is just keeping an eye on things. Oh, it's run out quick, let's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I guess because you have a studio rather than a warehouse, it's not like you can make up, up like 2,000 and just yeah. keep, taking from that right i guess yeah. you have to watch space wise what you make up to yeah we we'll make it all to order that. really if an order comes in we'll grab all the elements and that's what the team will do they'll grab the elements yeah. put them together clean them up package them up so yeah, yeah. There's, there's not really anything ever sat on shelves i know i suppose i always envisaged oh you'd get to this point that we'd have changed the way we make things and that we'd have shelves that were stocked with hundreds of products all fully made yeah. all the time. But it's never worked out that way. And, and, we, and maybe we'd be using a fulfillment centre or something like that when we've spoken to them, but it's never really fit the way that we make our products, I don't suppose. Yeah, you do have a lot of components, like just your wall calendar. Like how many components is in that, I guess? And, uh, there's one, two, three, four. There's five, seven, eight, five, nine. Yeah, ten, about seven. Ten, with, the what, with the packaging and, and the stickers, <laughs> you're hitting about ten. <laughs> yeah. Nothing so, big. So I suppose it's harder to to do that then. Yeah. Yeah. I get, and I I think it's partly to do with making things in the UK that you're not. We wouldn't. We couldn't say like, right, we're going to make a thousand pinboard calendars. So now let's make that thousand pinboard calendars fully compiled and send them to a mm. warehouse to be held as stock to sell if you know like you, you kind of make it to order a bit because that's the, the more economical way of keeping things running isn't it and prioritize making the stock that needs to be made at certain times mm. you know what i mean and i guess with your flower presses you have like the inside components are the same right but the outside with the different designs are different so i guess that way you don't have to keep as much you can keep a lot of the same inside bits and less of the outside bits. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, we do. Yeah. We try to be clever with how we do that. You know, we produce a quite large scale of, of components, but then we can split them up into versions. That's kind of, I suppose, a good tip if you were somebody. I mean, it's quite obvious if you're making greetings cards or something, try and yeah. produce them in process like digital that you could say please can i order ten thousand and split it up into a bunch of versions and then you only end up with 500 of each one or something but by producing that large volume you've cut the unit price 
down considerably rather than just saying I'll order 500 of this design please this week 500 of that yeah. one next week yeah and we do that the same with like the flower press wood just recently we ordered towards 30,000 bits of wood <laughs> so uh, <laughs> they, yeah, they just all turned up didn't they and, yeah was that scary yeah it's scary I've got a good picture of Freya maybe we should put that somewhere of uh her at the end of a because it didn't we couldn't get it all up here into our into our two spaces so it it just filled the whole length of a long corridor downstairs in the studio. Wow. That was yeah. the first delivery, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, it's just amazing how well the flower presses has done. Yeah. yeah. It is, I think. I don't know. It, it's a, we, we always question what's made it such a, such a successful product. I think partly it's right time right place with the sort of way things have been evolving and the trends towards houseplants and gardening indoor but that sort of shop and it appeals to a wide range of shops yeah it's an activity packaging too i think you know the ones that were available before you guys did it were kind of like for children and not very nice (laughs) that was always i suppose that was the starting point, wasn't it? It wasn't that we, we knew we weren't reinventing the wheel or anything, but if we can recreate this product in a more interesting, contemporary way, then yeah, yeah, and it's worked, it's brilliant, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, how do you manage your stockists now because you have so many? So, how do you keep in touch with them? How do you prioritize who you keep in touch with? Like, do you have any tips for people? We send out newsletters. We're not, but we don't like, we don't, I, I don't know, we don't bombard people in any respect. We've been sending a few more now because it's festive season, but we do send them as, you know, through Gmail as a bulk email. We kind of got to that s- size now where we can't, it's not as nice it would be to send direct, you know, specific yeah. email to specific customers. We can't quite do that. So we yeah. like to sh- we're not great on Instagram, but when we do go on, we like to like and share our stockists posts yeah oh i see you do that that's nice isn't it we do that a lot yeah we think that's one of the best you know people present our products in fantastic ways all across the country and in the world now so it's always nice to show that we're always impressed with how well they're displayed in different retailers yeah they look so different in different spaces yeah I think that's also something with your products is that they can fit into more like nature-based stores, more slow-living stores and more design-led stores. So you can be in a lot of different places. What's the furthest, do you think? Like, what's the furthest away stockist that you have, do you think? We've got an Australian one. We've got Australia. Yeah. Alaska. I remember seeing one going to Alaska and thinking (laughs) that's a pretty... Wow. I remember their shop, it's sort of snow-covered mountains. (laughs) (laughs) I guess they have a lot of nature. It's like <laughs> I mean, that's all fair, thanks to fair things like that. Hawaii, yeah. I do remember that. I thought that was a far-flung place. Yeah, that's pretty cool, though. Like you know, different places like that. That's pretty awesome. That's- so much has happened over the last few years. You yeah. bought your house. I know that, which is exciting. Like yeah, what that else has like growing your business allowed you to do? Bought a fan. We did, yeah, <laughs> which is a good way to transport three children around, and we're always filling it. I've, yeah, all that stock that's downstairs at the moment <laughs> is needing to get that van slowly but surely. 
So we get a good use out of that. We went on a five-week holiday, didn't we, as well? Yeah. Work-life balance and the way we've always tried to run things is kind of work in intensive periods like we're entering into now. Try and take good chunks of time out. You know, we've got three little children to spend time with them. So we did that this summer. We drove all around Europe, didn't we, for yeah. five weeks? Yeah. Yeah, in the van. <laughs> yeah, we went down to Italy, northern Italy, and then came back up. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, so I think that's the biggest thing, isn't it? That kind of quality of life to... Yeah. yeah enjoy ourselves where we can i love that because like often when you speak to you know business owners it's just so busy all the time and we forget kind of why we're doing it but that yeah. just brings home why you're doing it right you're working together and then you can t- you've set up your business so that you can take time out is- we were saying last week as well but that we actually don't think we want to grow any bigger <laughs> yeah <laughs> like where we are it is a funny yeah. one we're at a nice sort of point and sort of it feels natural to want to grow but then when we thought about it you know it it's quite challenging sometimes as it is and it's nice to keep control over everything yeah just to to keep that balance yeah you don't have to like it is a well awesome yeah yeah like there's no like no one that says we have to grow like beyond what we want to grow right like i think that's perfectly fine i uh, know quite a lot of business owners that say similar things it's very tempting at times isn't it and we talk about things that we'd like to do like growing the online sales more we've never really put a lot of effort into that but then you think on the flip side of that if the online sales grew and we still had this volume of wholesale we'd have to be Mm. employing lots people to process those orders and it's just all you know the the bigger it all gets the bigger the stakes the more stress and the the less you get that work-life balance that we're just talking about that Mm. it all gets dedicated to work because otherwise the wheels will come off won't (laughs) yeah yeah I I wonder sometimes you know if growing a bigger business always wanting to do more is like I don't know (laughs) over hyped <laughs> it was um you know of course it sounds weird for me to say that but like not everyone needs to be want to have a big business no yeah i know it's and i think it goes against a bit of what you know always you hear in politics uh, economy must grow all the time everything grow 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 and so sometimes your natural inclination is oh we've just got to be growing every year grow 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 and i don't know our turnover has grown yearly and I don't know what I'll say if, if it drops <laughs> loads. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we won't but be saying I think the same. it's different with like seeing, you know, growing and innovating. Like I think to keep us the same level, you have to keep innovating, right? But yeah. doesn't mean that you have to you sometimes businesses don't have to focus on the growth area. They can focus on maintaining too. And you yeah, might then change it as the kids grow. You might want more after a while. Yeah. You know. Maybe come back to us in five years and we'll be t- talking like, I don't know, what's the CEO of Amazon <laughs> <laughs> trying to take over the world? But I have quite a few clients that, you know, their kids are a bit older, so they need them less. So they're like, oh, actually, now I want to grow the business because yeah. I have, you know, they're in school and then they don't want to see me. So <laughs> yeah. I have a bit more time or whatever. Yeah. and they want to i don't know pay for uni and all of that for their kids so they want to grow it again yeah yeah i'm I'm sure that will yeah come across but at the moment life is very intense as it is Mm. three 
small children. One of you know, he's two, the youngest, so it's still uh, incredibly full on. Just as when we go home, it's not really like downtime. <laughs> it's just back and it's more stressful than it is at work. <laughs> you come to work for rest. <laughs> yeah, quite right. It'll be. <laughs> to talk to at least to quiet. Yeah, we can talk to each other. Much have someone nattering at you. <laughs> what are some of the th- things that you wish you would have known when you started out? Like, any tips? I suppose like feeling like uh, everything had to be perfect and ready and beautifully photographed before you ever released anything and everything sort of fully resolved. We definitely kind of were a bit more organic with just designs coming quite quickly and you know releasing them quickly and uh you know that we have got a good base of photos now but you know there's a tip there and you can you can build a stock of photos that maybe have like blank images i know it's another example of greetings cards it's easy to do it with but that you can then apply designs onto so it's, Mm. it's able to you're able to be a bit more nimble and speedy whereas where we started out i would think everything has to be made we have to have the stock there ready to go whereas it's not like that nowadays is it kind of release the catalog and as we're releasing it the products are just getting into print but before that point you know you've been able to release it because you can edit the photos and get them Mm. ready go to the shops and get them online yeah i hope that's some sort of answer (laughs) yeah no i think that's a really good one i think people get stuck on images a lot so having your own set of mock-up images essentially right yeah yeah we still get lots of photos done we have been able to go in and edit them and take things out and add them in photos if you can use a bit of photoshop it's amazing how helpful it is to help you speedily create images that you can put into a catalog or onto a website or fair without actually having that product designed made and produced and it also allows you to test it, doesn't it, as well? You know, you can see how well that product's going to go down. And it works well for wholesale because you can get pre-orders. I suppose, like, the general consumers sometimes want things a bit more instantly. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it does definitely apply to the wholesale market, that that format. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't do it if we were selling <laughs> retail. How about any big or small business wins this year? Well, having a good staff is a – I mean, it's a – it's a small or a big win, I suppose, but having a good... As we were away in that period of time, we had good staff there that were keeping everything ticking along all the time, weren't they? And yeah. keeping the orders processed and keeping everything going out. We fell a bit behind on admin side of things, but we, we didn't get behind with order processing. So that was a good one. A small win is, for me, is always in terms of being involved in production all the time is, you know, getting something produced and it coming back in the hundreds or thousands and it being nice and perfect and as you want it that's yeah that is that's always very satisfying we just recently got all the stock in for all the calendars and the diaries you can't always if you like though print something you can't always test print the colors before you've gone to print so it's always Mm -hmm. a little but the colors all came out really nice that's always a small win and also because you sometimes print on uh, like the kind of more recycled great paper yeah even harder with colors i'm gonna get definitely yeah with uh packaging you can't that's all litho printed so anytime we go for a color it isn't like i say you can't to to test print that would cost you hundreds of pounds so you yeah. just like 
almost as much as the job might cost to make a few hundred of them. So we just have to go for it, don't we, and hope yeah. that, that colour comes out. But we've worked with our printers long enough now that they, they know the aesthetic and the sort of colours that we want to achieve. Yeah. So we have quite often find that paper mills close down the yeah. paper that we want to add is no longer available so then we have to sort through some other options and sometimes they don't always work out or the sample you see is is different once it's got print on it yeah definitely um, print applies differently with different processes and do you work mainly with uk mills like i don't know anything about that sort of side at all uh i think most of the mills are in europe you know actually that, that yeah and then it comes through the merchants and then ah. we get we just deal with the merchants and buy it from them but like they yeah, probably right, don't even have them here in, anymore that much not really paper mills i mean if there were i think there'd be really premium papers but i guess the brands that people know of like gf smith we don't really work with those merchants and papers because if you want to try and make stuff and wholesale it that it's very expensive to get your margins yeah, it's very fancy paper <laughs> yeah yeah so you've kind of got to find ways around it. And yeah, if you get a good pr- a good printer and you can talk to the right people, they can find good alternatives that are still giving those qualities but mm. are at a cheap price. Yeah, I mean, I guess that grey board used to be that sort of thing. It was a really cheap material, but it had all yeah. those textures and it was recycled. But the quality of that fell off the cliff, so we stopped using it. But quite no I happened. suppose that's also one thing that will keep, you know, changing throughout your business. So we've recently moved from using plywood to uh, veneered MDF, the uh-huh. press. It's still just as strong and everything, but it's the war in Iraq, isn't it? So all the, Not uh, Iraq, Russia. Russia. No, Iraq, Ukraine. Ukraine. Yeah, Ukraine. Okay. <laughs> the plywood comes from Russia. Yeah. Oh, it's all under sanction. So, so that's sanctioned now. Yeah, that was a right nightmare. Can't get birch ply. That was last year that that hit. We were very happy with our birch ply supply and it was all coming out nicely. All had to switch to uh, veneered MDF. And I think that MDF actually is made in Ireland, a lot of it, which is good. And then it gets veneered with uh, maple. But did you explain that it's what the problem is or has been? It can be a lot more prone to burning when it gets laser cut. This is our day-to-day, I guess, really what we're telling you about, isn't it? The detailed production that, you know, keeping on top of the quality then. It, we've got the other room now and one of us has to spend a lot of time, like, sanding and making sure all that wood's nice and clean so that it can yeah. be compiled products. That's a so, lot. Yeah. Especially when you need so ma- many presses. Yeah. You go through such volume. Yeah. But thankfully, that batch actually that I just said, which yeah. is a, that's a small or a very big wind came and it was virtually burn free. I don't know how because the batches of wood must change. But this new, the last batch that we had, which was a smaller volume, needed a lot more sanding. And this, all this wood that just arrived is much better, isn't it? So fantastic. <laughs> that is. Well, that is a big win, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, like, the time you save there, especially if you expected it to come Yeah. when you would have to do stuff. I know, and I was spending loads of time trying to find birch plywood before we made this order. And, the, you know, I found a supply, but people were telling me, oh, that's been sneakily coming out of Russia through different merchants and stuff. So you don't need to be that. So we, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nobody really was making it. I don't, I don't know. We have, we're happy with the supply we have now got. It's good. 
we were happy with the, the last batch to be fair it's just it was just a lot more labor intensive to sand yeah. the wood getting it ready yeah. yeah and how what do you think is like the general like feelings out there from your stockists because you know you always I mean, particularly this year, I think that we've heard about lots of shops closing down. Obviously, we don't hear as much about when they new ones open. But what has you? What's your year been like? How have your stockists fared? Do you think we've definitely heard from a few stockists saying that they're closing their doors, but but there seems to be new ones that pop up in their place. Yeah, you yeah. forget just how many places there are in Britain and yeah. These- well, every little town has a gift shop and yeah. one closes, another one opens, another person has a go. There's always entrepreneuring yeah. people out yeah. there that have got a good idea that want to yeah. try. I think our year has been good. It's been quite steady overall. We had a good time of it over the summer. Fair summer market was really good. So it didn't it didn't really drop off like it might have done in the past over summer, which was a big relief. Do you and think that's now, because yeah. you have so many US stockists? We didn't, I think so. yeah, we didn't yeah. drill down into the numbers of, of who was ordering from where, but yeah, I, I'd say we kind of get half and half on on the yeah. orders, and so uh, yeah, it was it worked well that that market over summer, and we've got a good flow of orders continually coming in now, so we're perfectly, you know, it's just steady away, aren't we? It's yeah, we never, but we never feel like we never feel secure. No, but I don't know if that's just the nature of running a, your own business. We're always yeah. like thinking it might all stop because we know that the the way everything is out there and shops are struggling in places and we are coming into the key period now aren't we so we hope people still want to buy products to put in them i'm (laughs) sure they will and i also think that you know your your price points are very i don't know recession proof in the sense where it's nice gifts at affordable prices right so i think that's what we've always tried to do isn't it we we always hate putting our prices up we do it a little, we've had to, you know, with all that stuff with the wood that we were yeah, talking about, it increased the price a lot. So we've had to, you know, slowly put up our prices a little bit at a time for the flower press and the pocket press. But a lot of the stationary based products we've actually kept, we've just stuck the price as it always was and just taken a bit of a hit on the margins because I don't know, we just want to, like you say, we want to make sure that the products continue to be a, a price that people can afford we don't want to, to reduce pay. the quality either do we want to yeah keep that quality it's hard yeah it's a challenge but those sort of things i feel like i don't know if we if we got complacent and we thought okay we've got this now like you know maybe that's when, when it gets dangerous maybe we will always wonder will we be able to you know pay our mortgage next month or maybe not next month but in six months time or whatever it might be yeah i think that's i suppose i think that goes to the topic again of uh, whether you're like a business or a person that thinks you want to grow and grow and be massive like it maybe if i listen to things about you know businesses and i think i was listening to thing about billionaires and like just the the confidence and the belief in your business to think that if i just invest hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds now it will transform next year that's that's great i don't think we're not we're not those sort of people are we would we're always steady away just you know the stakes have gotten bigger as things have grown and we have to invest more and more but we're, we're always still measured measured yeah 
and don't go overboard. Yeah, to try and keep things steady away, really, isn't it? Well, it's been great chatting with you. It's nice to hear that you grow about how you grow in the business. It's nice, you know, to hear that you have done it, you know, at a pace that works for you and that you don't, that other things can be more important than growing to be a massive business. I I think that's nice for people to hear. I think that lots of people will find that really inspirational that, you know, we don't have to, we're building our businesses for us. Yeah. Yeah, I think, we you know, when we started doing this, what all we ever wanted to do was to be able to, I think I remember saying that in, when we first when we first worked with you, we weren't at the point where it was paying us a, a really comfortable wage. We still had to do things on the side. And, you know, it's only the last few years that we've been able to buy our own house. And we've hit a lot of those goals. And to be able to pay ourselves a wage and now to be able to employ other people and be paying them is kind of more than we ever thought it would grow to it. So we're very happy with what it's achieved in that respect, mm. aren't we? That's amazing. And if people want to connect with you and buy your product after listening to this, how can they do that? Where can they find you? Have a look on our website. We've got a big stockist list there, so you might find a shop in your town. Studiowild.co.uk is the website, yeah. And there's a down at the bottom, there's a link to, in the footer, you can see all the stockists there. Our Instagram is studio underscore wild and... You can always email us if you're a shop and you want stuff wholesale at studiowild.co.uk. I can send you the catalogue or you can go look at it on fair, can't you, if you wanted to buy things? Yeah. Yeah. But I suppose if they're going to buy through fair, it's better that they use your link. (laughs) Right, yeah. You're correct. (laughs) Come to us first. Yeah. Actually, yeah. if you're a buyer listening, it's always better for the brand if you go to them first. Yeah, that is definitely a top tip. Yeah. Yeah. Just send us a quick message and we'll send you the link and then that saves us the commission and we can have a... Yeah. Because yeah, really, you know, we don't know where a lot of the stockists that come organically through Fair come from. They might have found us somewhere else. Yeah. Having heard about somewhere else, and if that's the case, then you are within your rights there to not have to pay for the commission. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much for taking the time for to be here today. For everyone who's listening, um, I hope that you enjoyed the episode and that you're enjoying this season. You can watch it over on YouTube, and you can listen to it on all your uh, the popular podcast platforms. And uh, the podcast will be back next Monday with another episode. Um, Thank you so much for coming. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.